Did you know that as many as one in five people will experience a mental health issue each year, with depression being one of the most common? But what really is depression? And why is it so crucial that we understand it? And could improving your understanding change the way you think about yourself, as well as how you interact with your loved ones, colleagues, and others? That's what I'm talking about this week here on Let's Talk About Mental Health, the weekly podcast that teaches you how to look after your well-being. So get comfortable and let's talk about mental health. Hello and welcome to episode 188 and thanks so much for joining me as I talk about depression and mental health. I'm Jeremy Godwin and I share practical tips you can apply immediately based on quality research and my own personal experience following a breakdown in late 2011 that changed my life. Each week I look at how to improve one specific aspect of your well-being. In this episode I'll be talking about what depression is and what it isn't why understanding depression matters, and how to manage depression in a proactive way. So, let's talk about depression. I don't really talk about my depression much. I mean, I don't just ignore it, and I do mention it from time to time here in the podcast, but when I do, it's more so in sort of vague or intellectual terms. What I rarely talk about anymore is how it felt to live through all that. And spoiler alert, it felt like absolute crap. But just like Madonna in Like a Virgin, I made it through the wilderness. Somehow, I made it through. As I used to say in my opener until I changed it recently, I had a total breakdown in late 2011, which was then followed by several years of quite severe major depression and anxiety, combined with a lovely little case of severe agoraphobia which lasted about a year or so in the early days, which meant I was terrified to even leave the house. So, you know, they weren't exactly fun times, especially when I needed to put the bins out to be emptied. There was a period of about two, nearly three years where I wasn't living. I was just going through the motions and it scared the crap out of me. I have talked openly in past episodes about the fact that I was also suicidal for a chunk of that time, most of 2012 and part of 2013, if I recall correctly. And that's something I'm probably not going to dig into too much today. I already did that back in episode 167 about self-harm, but I'm also not going to just gloss over that bit and pretend it isn't a fairly major risk for those dealing with severe depression. So the thing is that, for me anyway, my battle with depression and anxiety ended up playing a major defining role in my life. It led me to leave the corporate sector and eventually go back to university where I did a degree in psychology and sociology, which eventually led me to do the work I do now as a writer, podcaster, and counsellor. It took me on a roller coaster ride that only really stabilized a few years ago, amid some major setbacks like losing a good friend to breast cancer in 2016, which threw me into yet another existential crisis. It led me to write several books, which I've had the privilege of sharing with the world. But more importantly, it led me to ask questions about who I am and what I want out of life. And so, as I start this episode, I am going to say something shocking and controversial. 
if I were given a choice, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't do anything differently, not even the depression. Knowing what I know now, and with the benefit of several years' worth of distance in the rearview mirror, I can say hand on heart that everything I went through played an essential role in changing my life for the better. To paraphrase the opening line of Charles Dickens' classic novel, A Tale of Two Cities, it was the worst of times, it was the best of times. Now, I can't guarantee that you're going to feel so positively about your own challenges by the end of this episode, but I'm definitely going to help you look at things from a different perspective and to find a way to take control of your situation once and for all. So let's get ourselves on the same page and let's talk about what is depression. Now, I mentioned my studies before, and that means I'm going to start off with a technical definition, but bear with me because then I'm going to take the professional hat off and just speak about what it feels like. So depression, or more specifically major depressive disorder, is a mental health condition characterized by an all-encompassing low mood accompanied by low self-esteem and by a loss of interest or pleasure in normally enjoyable activities. It's a complex interplay of biological, psychological, and social factors. From a biological perspective, It's thought to be associated with an imbalance in certain neurotransmitters in the brain, such as serotonin, dopamine, and others. Psychological theories, like Beck's cognitive theory of depression, suggest that people's thoughts and perceptions can play a fundamental role in developing and maintaining depression. Social factors, like isolation, poor relationships, or traumatic life events, can also contribute to depression. Depression and anxiety are often experienced at the same time. According to the Mayo Clinic in the US, depression and anxiety are different conditions, but they commonly occur together. They also have similar treatments. Anxiety may occur as a symptom of clinical or major depression. It's also common to have depression that's triggered by an anxiety disorder such as generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, or separation anxiety disorder. Many people have a diagnosis of both an anxiety disorder and clinical depression. And you'll find that article linked in the episode transcript. Now, let's focus more on what it feels like beyond the more formal definitions. And let me preface this by saying that there are many different potential symptoms So I'm not describing a one-size-fits-all experience of having depression. Imagine waking up every day and feeling like there's a heavy grey cloud hovering over you, almost weighing you down. You know how when it's been raining for days and days on end and everything seems dreary and colourless? That's what depression can feel like. It's not about simply being sad or having a bad day. We all have those sometimes. It's a constant, unshakable sense of despair and hopelessness that makes it hard to find any pleasure in things you used to love. It's not always just about feeling down. 
Yes, a persistently low mood and loss of interest in things you used to enjoy are among the hallmark symptoms, but there are other signs that might not be so obvious. Maybe you're struggling with sleep, finding it hard to drift off, or waking up too early. Perhaps your appetite's gone off the rails, either feeling ravenous all the time, or just not interested in food at all. Or there are physical symptoms that seem to have no cause. Headaches, cramps, digestive issues. Ever noticed yourself feeling irritable, restless, or anxious over a period of several weeks? Those can be signs too. Or you might start pulling away from your friends or from activities you used to enjoy. Or little everyday tasks might start feeling like climbing Everest and even your personal grooming could slide. It's different for everyone. So the important thing is to reach out to a professional if you're experiencing symptoms that are causing distress or affecting your daily life. No one should have to suffer in silence and help is absolutely available. Now, a common misconception is that depression is a sign of weakness or laziness, and that's absolutely not true. In fact, I'd say it's more like trying to swim upstream in a river with a heavy weight strapped to your feet. It takes enormous strength to face each day when you're battling depression, which is why everyone who deals with these feelings has my utmost respect. Depression is one of the most common mental health issues in the world, affecting millions of people globally. Understanding it helps us to realize that it's not something to be brushed off or stigmatized. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or that you're broken or weak. It means you are dealing with an illness, a real, tangible condition that deserves attention and care, just like any physical health issue. After all, we don't make fun of people for dealing with a broken leg or blame people who are dealing with cancer. And mental illness is no different. It's simply a condition which needs to be managed. As for managing it, I'll go into more detail on this later, but the most effective strategies usually involve a combination of medication, psychotherapy, which are talking therapies such as cognitive behavioral therapy, and lifestyle changes, like regular exercise, a balanced diet, good sleep hygiene, and social support. However, what works for one person might not work for another. This is why it's crucial to reach out to healthcare professionals who can help tailor the right treatment plan. Remember, it's okay to seek help, and doing so is a sign of strength, not weakness. We need to talk about depression openly because it's by bringing things into the light that we can start to dispel the darkness. And as I say often in this show, the more we talk about it, the easier it gets. So now let's dig a bit deeper and let's talk about why understanding depression matters. Understanding depression matters on so many levels. Let's start with you as an individual. If you're living with depression, understanding it is the first step towards managing it. That means learning where it's coming from, why it's happening, and how it's manifesting. 
Imagine for a moment that you're in a dark room and you can't find your way out. Understanding your depression is like finding a small light. It won't suddenly make everything bright, but it will give you enough light to start navigating your way. It helps you make sense of what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, and how you can take steps to manage it. It allows you to advocate for yourself, to seek out the right help and treatment, and to communicate effectively with the people around you about what you're going through. But it's not just about individuals who are experiencing depression. It's important for everyone to understand depression. You see, mental health isn't an us-versus-them situation. It's an all-of-us situation. Nobody is immune to mental health issues, and it can affect any of us, regardless of our circumstances. We all know someone who's struggling, even if maybe they don't show it or talk about it. Your best friend, your brother or sister, your colleague, they just might be fighting a battle you know nothing about. Understanding depression can make us more empathetic and supportive, and it can help us spot the signs in people around us. It also helps us to challenge harmful myths and stigmas that can make it harder for people to seek help, which I'll come back to in a moment. Before I do, let's talk about why we also need to understand depression at a societal level. And we need to because that's what can lead to real meaningful change. We can advocate for better mental health services, more research, and policies that support people living with mental health conditions. We can create a society that isn't just aware of depression, but is compassionate, empathetic, and understanding. We can build a culture where people feel safe talking about their mental health without fear of judgment, where we're as comfortable talking about our mental health as we are our physical health. You see, when we understand depression, we start to see people, not just their condition. We see their struggles, yes, but also their strengths, their resilience, their stories. And we remind ourselves and each other that it's okay not to be okay, and that no one should ever have to face these kinds of struggles alone. Understanding depression is not just about knowledge. It's about humanity, about empathy, and about compassion. It's about recognizing that we're all human. We all have our struggles. And we're all in this together. And that in itself can be a powerful thing. It's also about understanding depression in order to dispel the myths around mood disorders. One of the most common myths is that depression is just a case of extreme sadness. It's not. While it's true that people with depression often feel sad, it's far more complicated than that. Depression isn't simply about feeling extra sad after a tough breakup or a bad day at work. It's a chronic condition that affects every aspect of a person's life. Their sleep, their appetite, their energy levels, their ability to focus, and their interest in things they once enjoyed. It's not something that can be snapped out of or wished away. People don't choose to have depression any more than they would choose to have asthma or diabetes. 
Another common myth is the notion that depression is a sign of weakness, or that it's something that can be overcome with willpower alone. This is a particularly damaging misconception because it often prevents people from seeking the help they need. Depression is a legitimate clinical illness with biological and psychological underpinnings, not a character flaw or a failure of resilience or something that should only affect a specific gender. It's no more a sign of weakness than having the flu is. In fact, many people who live with depression demonstrate tremendous strength and resilience every single day just by continuing to fight their condition. I know firsthand how much work it takes. Then there's the myth that if you're taking medication for depression, it means you're crazy or unstable. You're not. Antidepressants and other medications can be a vital tool in managing depression for many people. It's just a form of treatment for a biological condition, just like any other. And there's no shame in it any more than taking something like insulin. Medications help to correct certain imbalances in brain chemistry that contribute to depression, allowing people to function more effectively and engage more fully in other forms of treatment like psychotherapy. And then another common myth is that conditions like depression can only be treated by a healthcare professional and that there's nothing you can do for yourself as well. And that's just not true. There is plenty that you can and should do to look after yourself. The piece here is more that it should be done in partnership with a professional rather than trying to DIY your way out of it, especially for more severe cases. So how do you do that? How can you manage depression? Well, before I get into that, let's take a quick break to hear from the amazing brands who pay for the coffee that helps me write my show each week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again. Let's get back to what we're here for, which is how to deal with depression. Now let's talk about how to manage depression in a proactive way. So a slightly different approach today in that I usually teach you about all the things you can do, but I'm going to start with a clear message that if you're dealing with depression, then you need to seek proper support in the form of talking with your doctor, possibly taking medication, and participating in treatments like psychotherapy. Your self-care practices play an important role since it's your health and you need to be involved in managing it. But think of it like a stool. It needs three legs to stand up. And that's what this offers. 
Otherwise, things will probably go wobbly very quickly and you'll wind up on the floor. So, psychotherapy is generally a first-line treatment for depression. Cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, is often recommended, which helps you to identify and challenge negative thought patterns and behaviors. Other types of therapy, like interpersonal therapy, IPT, which focuses on improving your relationships and social functioning, can also be helpful. Then I mentioned medication, and antidepressants can be very effective in managing depression. They work by rebalancing the chemicals in your brain that affect your mood and emotions. It can take a few weeks for these medications to start working, so it's important to continue taking them even if you don't notice immediate improvement. And it may take a couple of attempts with different types to get the right ones for you. Not all medications are the same, so it can be a bit of trial and error. And if you had a bad experience in the past, just be aware that there have been huge improvements in the forms of treatment available, and so it's likely you and your doctor will be able to find something that works for you. But to do that, you need to work very closely with your doctor for the first three to six months to figure out the right treatment type and dosage. Okay, so those are the foundations, and now I'm going to share a list of different things you can try yourself. I suggest that you pick a couple at a time to focus on, see how you go, then add more on if and when you feel ready. Okay, so my suggestions are move your body because regular exercise can boost your mood by increasing the production of endorphins known as the feel-good hormones. You don't have to run a marathon either. Something as simple as a walk around the block can make a big difference. Next, eat better. What we eat can impact our mood and energy levels, so try to eat a balanced diet with plenty of fruits, vegetables, lean protein, and whole grains. Next, work on getting better sleep. Depression can often disrupt your sleep, and poor sleep can make depression worse, so it becomes a vicious cycle. Establishing a regular sleep routine can help. Aim for consistent bedtimes and wake-up times, and create a quiet, comfortable sleep environment. Next, avoid alcohol and drugs, because substances like these can actually increase the symptoms of depression and make it a lot harder for your medication to work. Remember that alcohol in particular is a common one that people use to cope, but it's actually a depressant, which is something I'll be talking about in a few weeks' time in an episode specifically about alcohol and mental health. Okay, next, find healthy coping mechanisms. Because practices like mindfulness, yoga, meditation, or relaxation can help reduce stress and improve symptoms of depression. I also recently covered coping mechanisms in episode 179, if you'd like more ideas. And if you're dealing with anxiety as well, then check out episode 102, which is all about anxiety. Okay, next, stay connected. Because connecting with others, not just a doctor or therapist, can provide you with emotional support and help to decrease feelings of isolation. Reach out to trusted friends or family members, join a support group, or engage in social activities that you enjoy. And next, Make positive changes in your life. 
And there are lots of other self-care strategies that I could cover, but I think this is the one of the biggest for anyone dealing with depression to focus on. And that involves making positive changes in your life, especially in areas or situations that no longer serve you or may even be causing you harm. This could include relationships, habits, your work, or even just general routines that contribute to feelings of stress, anxiety, or depression. So take a step back and evaluate the different areas of your life. Are there relationships that consistently leave you feeling drained or down? Are there commitments or habits that cause you a lot of stress or anxiety? Does your job make you feel miserable? Are you stuck in routines that leave no time for self-care or relaxation? If so, maybe it's time to consider making some changes. This isn't about making drastic or impulsive decisions, but rather taking measured steps towards creating a healthier and more positive environment for yourself. That might mean setting boundaries with a friend or family member who tends to be overly negative or demanding. It could mean decluttering your living space to create a more peaceful environment. It could involve reducing your commitments to allow more time for relaxation and self-care. It could mean finding a new job. Or it might mean ending relationships that are causing more harm than good. Remember, change can be difficult. And it's natural to feel a sense of loss or discomfort when letting go of familiar situations or relationships, even if they're not serving you. Give yourself time to adjust and be gentle with yourself during this process. But remember that nothing changes if nothing changes. You have ownership over your life and the potential to improve your situation. Making positive changes can play a big role in preventing further depressive episodes and promoting better mental health. But it's also important to seek professional guidance during this process, especially when dealing with significant life changes or relationship issues. So make sure you're talking with someone like a therapist or counselor. You deserve a life filled with positivity and well-being, and taking steps to remove negative influences from your life is an important part of your mental health journey. And since depression often goes hand in hand with negative thought patterns, you'll find tips about challenging your thoughts in my latest video, which is available now on YouTube and Spotify. Because when it comes to depression and mental health, what it all boils down to is this. Dealing with depression doesn't mean there's something wrong with you, It simply means you have a condition that needs to be managed. It's not about just trying harder or pushing through the pain. It's about finding the right combination of treatments and strategies that work for you. It's also about reaching out and asking for help when you need it, because you don't have to go through this alone, and nor should you. There are plenty of resources and people who can help. It may take time and patience to find what works best for you, But with time and the right support, managing depression is entirely possible and a better quality of life can be achieved. Remember, it's okay to have bad days and it's okay to take time for yourself. Managing depression is a journey and there will be ups and downs. So be patient and choose to show yourself kindness and compassion. 
And with time, effort, and perseverance, you'll learn how to navigate this journey so you can find better days ahead. I've done it, and so can you. The choice is yours, as it is with all things related to your well-being. So, what choice will you make today? Each week, I like to finish up by sharing a quote about the week's topic, and I encourage you to take a few moments to really reflect on it and consider what it means to you. This week's quote is by the late Winston Churchill, and it is, If you're going through hell, keep going. Let me repeat that. If you're going through hell, keep going. Alright, that's nearly it for this week. Next week, I'll be talking about life changes. From time to time, we'll find ourselves confronted with major changes that rattle our cages and shake up our lives. From moving home to dealing with loss, changing jobs to changing careers, these types of life changes can be overwhelming to deal with. So how do you handle them in a way that's going to prioritize your mental health and well-being? Well, that's what I'm talking about next time. I'll be discussing what life changes are and why they affect us, why we need to approach them thoughtfully, and how to deal with life changes in a considered way. I hope you'll join me for that episode, which will be released on Sunday the 23rd of July 2023. Follow or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to stay up to date with new episodes. And remember that I also create weekly videos with extra content. You'll find my videos on YouTube and Spotify. If you'd like even more tips to help you look after your mental health, then sign up for my free newsletter Thursday Thoughts, plus follow my two Instagram accounts, LTA Mental Health and It's Jeremy Godwin, where I post extra content daily. And if you become a supporter on Spotify or Patreon, you'll receive ad-free content as well as early access to episodes. You'll find all of those linked in the episode description and in the transcript at ltamh.com. Thank you very much for joining me today. Look after yourself and make a conscious effort to share positivity and kindness out into the world because you get back what you put out. Take care and talk to you next time. Let's Talk About Mental Health is an independent program proudly produced by Reconnaissance Media, helping you find meaning and gratitude. For more information, visit reconnaissancemedia.com.